Hello, and welcome to This Week Explained. I am Tiana. And I'm Kervin. And today we'll be discussing the big geopolitical events of the week. And there is a lot to get through. So I'm cheersing you through the computer screen, Kervin, with our wine glasses. Clink. Y'all can't see Dink it. it and we're... sink it. Yeah. Oh, don't stick. Hey, that's like copyrighted. I wouldn't oh, is see it? that. Probably. <laughs> we're not getting any money for this. We promise. Okay. Um, yeah. So what what is on your radar? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody, every continent and almost every country decided to while out. So let's go down the list. <laughs> this is to include Ukraine. So <laughs> yeah, you guys oh, are included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, y'all, you guys overstepped Oof. some boundaries. <laughs> um, so right, Russia, Ukraine, obviously, <laughs> uh, we're going to get to that. But um, there's a, a rec- I got a I had a journalist hit me up asking about uh, victory, it, what it would look like in Russia and Ukraine specifically for both of those countries. I will discuss that. But um, big news from today or from this week, this Brittany Griner was released in a prisoner Mm -hmm. swap. We're going to get into everything about that. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to update China's Taiwan invasion timeline, which our good friend Cole actually uh, sent me some stuff about that and what he's seeing. Okay, cool. And and, um, then we are also going to talk North Korea versus South Korea, uh, because those tensions are heating up in, Mm -hmm. in that area. Then we'll get into the Iran morality police and whether they've been disbanded or if it's just a ploy to get people to stop protesting. Mm-hmm. There is the Wagner group who we try to bring up at least once a month because they're doing stuff. Yeah. Um, they're expanding in different countries in Africa. We'll get into what that means. And using um, prisoners. And using prisoners. prisoners yes. villains. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, Peru's president was arrested. A lot going on in Peru in about three hours. Uh, a lot changed in Peru. So we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Nazis maybe returned to Germany. Uh, so we're going to talk about a yeah, German right is... raid. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this week's History's Mysteries, we will discuss Operation Mincemeat. That's a fun one. Mincemeat is gross. That's all I have to say. I mean, actual mincemeat. Well, get ready for this history's mysteries. You might be grossed out. (laughs) Oh, well, don't freaking say that. And then we get there and I mean, we get to history's mysteries and then it's something silly. No, it's it's actually gross. It is. Okay. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. So, what is the big news coming out of the war in Ukraine? All right, so... Like we said, we've had a lot of news globally, but um, it it's not just everywhere else in the world. It is also in the ongoing war in Ukraine. Um, now, Russia started the week with more bombing, be, you know, more bombs being dropped on critical infrastructure in Ukraine. But then mm-hmm. in a surprising turn of events, um, Ukraine, and I will say they have not yet claimed responsibility for this, mm-hmm. uh, but We've learned through some back channels that they sent drones deep into Russian territory and damaged multiple pieces of military equipment at two separate 
Russian military bases. But at least they're not attacking civilian buildings and then saying, oh, we thought, well, well, I know we we could preface it with that. But as of right now, they're just hitting military sites, right? Mm hmm. Okay. well, that must have not gone over too well. With the Russians, regardless of where where they're striking, like yeah, I mean they're probably very, very unhappy about this. Yeah, you got it spot on. Uh, it did not go over well. Now the the first thing that happened is Russia sent even more munitions into Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they destroyed all kinds of infrastructure, and the Ukrainian officials have said that it could take up to six months to fix their critical infrastructure. It's not and like we have winter coming or anything. Exactly. So this is happening at a time where, you know, heating homes, as we know here. Yes. Uh, is of the utmost importance. Yeah. Now, to add to the severity of the situation, Russian President Vladimir Putin said this week that the world is at an increased risk of total nuclear war. Um, wow. Yeah. So just last week, we discussed the war in Ukraine. As slowing down, and but now things are heating up. No pun intended. Let let's continue the Russia Ukraine talk. Then you were asked in the media for your opinion on what victory would look like for either side. Since that answer is behind a paywall, would you like to discuss what you said there? Yeah, you guys are getting this free, so enjoy. I, but I don't know if the paper, is the paper going to be okay with that. Does it yeah, matter? They're fine. I don't know how that stuff I don't know how that stuff works. Anyway. Oh no, they're they're fine. They love it. Yeah. Um, okay. But let's talk about what uh victory for each side starts with. Um and it starts with the annexed regions. So those are the recently annexed regions of um of Donetsk and Kherson and those kind those areas. Now, if we were talking in March of this year, like like we had been, now victory for Russia would have definitely been the full control of the capital of Kiev and installing their own government. That's that's what victory would look like. But now, mm-hmm. after months of fighting Ukrainian counterattacks, uh, Russia is going to view retaining those recently annexed regions, uh, like I talked about Donetsk, Kherson, Luhansk, and Zaporizhia, as at the very least not a loss. It might not be a huh. win, but it's not a loss. Lowering that bar. Yeah. <laughs> Lowered expectations. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't that like a Saturday Night Live? Yeah, lowered expectations. (laughs) And now we're just getting canceled on YouTube again. I don't think we can use that song. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to like infringe upon anybody's copyrights. Dang. I just have stuff stuck in my head. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Finish. Um, So now uh, we all know this. Putin from the very beginning claimed that those recently annexed regions were the mm-hmm. only reason he decided to carry out his quote special military operation in Ukraine. Right. So uh, while not gaining control of all of Ukraine will be a blow to Putin's ego, uh, there's a little difference between it's, uh, we're talking about Putin's ego and what is maybe seen as a victory for Russia. Um, he can still present victory in those annexed regions as a victory of the, for the Russian people. I'm I'm sorry. I don't I'm I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just surprised that Putin would be willing to put his ego to the side to try to frame this more as a victory. Or maybe that is more egotistical. I don't know. When you're when you're falling downstairs pooping your pants, 
you could put your <laughs> ego aside, I think. Was not confirmed. <laughs> Putting out misinformation on This Week Explained. Don't do that. We're the, our, our, the whole thing is that we're not supposed to be misinforming people. I, I do appreciate it. Back, dial it back. We don't know if that happened, guys. Yep. We cannot confirm or deny, honestly. So <laughs> It's most likely not 100% yeah, true, but course. I'm sure there's a tiny bit of truth in that. Oy. Okay. Sorry. Tiny nuggets. <laughs> I keep Kurt. All right. So after that statement, we'll move on and parallel that with what Ukraine would view as victory. Um, that's going to be a full retreat by the Russian military. And also Putin conceding those annexed regions we talk we were talking about, mm-hmm. um, but also returning Crimea to Ukrainian control would be but an added bonus. But he's also that's getting a little out of hand. Yeah, asking but, for that. But, but right now, I mean, it just shows where we are in the war in Ukraine. That he um, feels like he can ask that. Yeah. So right? Zelensky has leverage to ask for that. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly. If if we're going to say that the recently annexed regions are a non-starter for Putin, yeah. returning Crimea to Ukraine is definitely, I mean, what's more than a non-starter? Uh, that, that's what that would be. Now, yeah. um, the longer the war drags on and um, the more Russia attacks critical infrastructure, you know, as we get into the winter months, the less leverage Zelensky is going to have in these peace deals. Yeah. Or, well, should I say... Time Magazine Man of the Year, Zelensky. Oh. Having peace deals. So uh, I'll give my analysis of the situation on Mm -hmm. how each person, how each country gets to freedom. Now, uh, Ukraine gets to victory. And I said freedom, but I meant victory. Um, Under the conditions that I just said, those, you know, I mean, the main victory is getting Russia out of their country. That's the main thing. Obviously. And that is much easier at this moment today uh, in 2022. Mm -hmm. That's much easier at this moment than what Russia would need to get to victory. Um, I still believe that Putin misstepped trying to get to Kiev so early into the invasion. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. We should probably put together a blog post with some views from both sides, but um, we'll address that later, I guess. Um. It's an important topic to discuss. We just have a lot to get into, and we are still talking Russia. As this week, today, specifically, yep. Brittany Griner was traded for Victor Bout. What is the latest news there? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the U.S. and Russia have exchanged prisoners. One, the jailed WNBA star Brittany Griner. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a star. She was an MVP of the WNBA. Yep. Uh, and they exchanged... Her, well, they exchanged Victor Bout, who's a notorious arm dealer for her, and he has been held in an American prison for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Today, Pre- President Joe Biden said that Griner was safe and on a plane home mm-hmm. from the United Arab Emirates. Um, to just bring more clarity to this, Russia's foreign minister also confirmed the swap and said it had taken place at the Abu Dhabi airport. And he said that the Russian citizen has been returned to his <laughs> homeland, which I think is just such a basic statement. I mean, yeah, this guy wow. is a hero of the Russian people. Really? Oh, yes. 
I'm not going to lie. I don't know a lot about Victor Bout, but I do know a lot of our followers aren't too pleased about the swap. And it's not necessarily because Brittany Griner was released. It's more about the fact that this arms dealer was traded yep. for her. And they also left, um, what's his name? Waylon? Paul Waylon. Yeah, we'll Paul get into Whelan. that. Paul Waylon. Yeah, okay. They also didn't do anything to um, secure the release of Paul Whelan. So, I mean, well, when say, we discuss what? I'm, I'm just going to say, if if you want to know more about um, Victor Bout, mm-hmm. there is a movie loosely based on him, played by the incredible oh, Nicholas Cage. He plays Nicholas the Victor. Cage plays Victor Bout, really? Yes, he does. I did and, not realize that. And his uh, and his brother is played by Jesus himself, a guy that's also played Joker. Oh, oh, frick! Jared Leto's in it. Yes, he plays the brother. Um, I like that you call him Jesus because of is. his weird little cult that he has going on. <laughs> Go look at him; he is. No, oh, okay. We- when we discuss this personally, you are on the fence about the swap. Do you want to get into the problems you have, or maybe you have turned a corner and now believe this is a good idea? So I'll say that, like, I'm off the fence now, but it's not in the way that you know the audience may think. Um, I wanted to give it time just to see if you know Paul Whelan was like part of the deal on the side. <laughs> now we know it's been confirmed that the Biden administration called the Whelan family. They told them that he was not part of the exchange. And I firmly believe that that is a huge missed opportunity. Um, He's a former Marine. He's being held in in Russia on charges of espionage. And he's a bigger geopolitical chip for the U.S. than Brittany Griner. Um, I want to be clear that I am happy for Brittany Griner. I'm glad she is back in the U.S. I'm happy for her family. Um, this is a huge relief for all of them. Uh, I also don't wish ill on anyone. I will say that Paul Whelan is much more important to both Russia and the U.S. than Brittany Griner ever will be. Um, now Russia gets the Merchant of Death back in exchange for a WNBA player. It's not a good look. Do you want to give a little bit of information on Victor Bout for those new to the show who may not have heard the last time we spoke about him? I don't even remember speaking about him last time, so I don't blame anybody. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, it was like a year ago last time we, uh, well, it wasn't a year ago. It was when Brittany Grinder was first originally um, detained. But we'll do that and then we'll uh, we'll move on from Russia. But he is a Russian national born in Soviet ruled, well, at the time it was Soviet ruled Tajikistan. Um, and he began his career in air transport in the early 90s. And as we all know, that was the fall, it was after the fall of the USSR. But according to a 2007 book entitled Merchant of Death, that's where he got his name from. Uh, and that was a book by security experts Douglas Farah and Stephen Braun. It appears that Bout built up his business using military planes that were left on the airfields of the collapsing Soviet empire in the early 1990s, and he used those as a way to to move back and forth. Now, in 2010, agents from the DEA posed as potential buyers from the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, also known <clears throat> as FARC. Uh, like we mentioned before, he's based off the, he's the basis for the movie Lord of War. I will say he is not a good person. Um, 
and he is going to be relied on heavily by the Russian government to gain an advantage in their war in Ukraine. Well, I know you will be following this closely and you'll give us more information as it comes out. So we will be looking for an update on that early next year. Now let's get to China. Did you say that China is updating their timeline for invading Taiwan? I did. And this comes from um, our good friend Cole at Alcon S2. So if you're listening to this podcast, you have to be following Cole on Instagram. Um, he is a thought leader for all things Indo-Pacific. He knows way more than I do. Now, according to him, the Chinese Communist Party has invested considerably into the People's Liberation Army or the PLA and their capabilities. Uh, but they still suffer from at least four serious vulnerabilities that may hinder military operations past 2027. Well, that now pushes back the timeline. So can you discuss what the four vulnerabilities are? Yeah. Uh, I am going to say, though, that I'm only going to quickly run through these. Um, but Cold has made his article free at Substack. I'll link it in the show notes so everybody can go over there. Um, if you want to, if you like that, you subscribe to him. But he posits the four vulnerabilities are one, a lack of combat experience. Two, the difficulty of amphibious operations. Um, three, politics and China's one-child policy. And then four, lessons learned from other conflicts, most notably the war in Ukraine. And all of these are slowing the advance of the PLA and extending the timeline for invasion, which actually would be welcome news for all the countries in the Pacific. Well, that would be good news if North Korea wasn't going wild all year. Um this week, they once again sent rockets towards South Korea and then claimed their nuclear program is expanding. So what are they thinking these days? So that last part of that question is actually quite profound. What are they thinking these days? Um, so we just discussed a few seconds ago that China is dealing with quite a few vulnerabilities. Now you put that over North Korea. You can double those vulnerabilities and concerns. And you could probably add a dozen more just because of their economics, but it's not stopping Kim Jong-un. Um, so as you said, North Korea this week fired, they fired over 130 artillery rounds towards their rival South Korea. Um, it was basically a tit for tat for the things that have been going on since the U.S. South Korea started live fire drills within South Korea's border. And are they continuing to improve that nuclear weapons program? Uh, not only are they working to improve their arsenal, they are changing the purpose of the weapons. How so? So North Korea is now claiming that their weapons will be used for operational missions to repulse hostile forces, aggression, and attack, and to achieve divisive victory in war if, and not, not just as a deterrent. So it's if... They need to deter, but it's not going to be used as a deterrence, if that makes any sense. Um, but this is also why I talk about North Korea being like the wild card in the geopolitical game of today's world. Uh, Kim Jong-un, with effective nuclear weapons, will quickly change those DEFCON levels that we talk about uh, with nuclear war. And it actually makes me agree with Vladimir Putin. You never thought you'd hear me say that. But his statement that we are closer to nuclear war than ever before seems true. Once again, we're talking about nuclear war. Have you become more fearful that a nuclear weapon will be used in the next five to ten years? Uh, well, there's a lot of nuance to that question. Uh, because I can see a scenario where a weapon of that caliber is used, but I'm not as of yet fearful of 
like a full nuclear war. So if a, a nuclear weapon is used, uh, it's most likely going to be used for a specific tactical purpose, and it's not just like to wipe out an entire population. With that said, I do believe everyone should be prepared to protect themselves in the off chance Kim, uh, this Kim Jong-un or Xi, you know, president of China, or even Putin chooses to use their arsenal to send a message to the West. Well, let's quickly move away from the nuclear talk and discuss what could be some good news coming out of Iran that the government has decided to disband the morality police. If the reports are to be believed, what is the latest with that? All right. Like you said, um, Iran has mentioned they're going to disband the morality police. Last week, Iran's attorney general, Mohammad Jafar Montazari, announced that the Guidance Patrol, which is colloquially known as the Morality Police because it enforces the Islamic Republic's laws on personal behavior and dress, will be suspended. However, he did quickly add that Iran will continue to monitor public conduct. Now, the good news is that it seems like a clear acknowledgement of the toll that the demonstrations have taken on the regime since September, and that even in Iran, protests can lead to change. Well, that's good news. If it's true, anyways, for the women of Iran, um, do you think it will cause real sustained change within Iran? I mean, it will if the Iranian people protesting right now continue to speak out. So the problem that happens in a lot of these situations, um, like what we saw in Hong Kong a few years ago, time tends to make people forget. So as we're seeing with Germany right now. Oh, that's an excellent point. (laughs) Yeah. how many years now? I'm trying to do the math in my head, but the mm-hmm. 1830s 80, to so 80, 90 years. Not yet. 80, yeah. 90 years. And the Nazis are back. Mm. No one if, can see this right now, but my I, hands are up. Like I wonder, I wonder if it's Kanye who kind of gave them, gave them the, the, gave them the, um, you know, the okay to say, you know what? Yeah. We're anti-Semitic and we're going to just... Okay. All right, we're going to talk about that later. Never mind. Kanye is huge. But he has huge fans in, in Germany, but I don't know that. I'd have to research that. Um, I do want to say that um, I hope that we, in our podcast, remember that statement that time makes people forget. Yeah. Um, and we continue to call governments out when they treat their people that badly. Mm-hmm. Don't turn the other cheek. Don't ignore it and be mm-hmm. like, this doesn't affect me. It affects the Jews or affects the Iranian women who aren't allowed to show their hair or, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's that one statement from, um, I believe it was a Catholic priest that, that said it, that, you know, they came for... Uh, all these other people and then they came for the Jews and then they came for me and there well, was no one else to protect me. Well, we're getting, we'll get to the Germany thing. Yeah. But yeah, we need to talk about Iran right yeah. now. Let's do that. Sorry. Okay. Well, we are known for not giving up on a story. So I have no doubt that we will continue to speak out against the atrocities anywhere, honestly. So let's move to Africa now and discuss what is happening with the Russian Wagner group. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, now, so that's one of those stories that we choose not to give up on uh, because we both feel like the, the Wagner Group needs to be called out for how brutally violent they are. Um, case in point, individuals linked to the Wagner Group have set up a shell company in the Central African Republic to secure and sell diamonds in order to fund the Russian war in Ukraine. Oh, that's um, so messed up. Yeah, and, and this actually comes from you. You sent this to me. Uh, that fighters linked to the Wagner pretend, Group. I was trying to pretend like I didn't know that, okay? <laughs> that I didn't read that article and didn't send it to you. So, come on. We're Sorry about be... that. I call... <laughs> Andrew <called laughs> calling out TNS tactics. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I, I hadn't seen it. And um, so that report was talking about how the Wagner Group is forcing that country's miners and collectors to turn mm. over all their gems, not just diamonds, or sell them exclusively to the shell company, Diumville. Uh, the Wagner Group fighters are, have, like we've talked about before, they've previously been accused of involvement in arms activities in the Central African Republic, and now they are exploiting the country's gold and diamond resources. I really just don't understand how these people sleep at night at all exploiting a country that already is you know fiscally depleted and just people you know people can't find food or work or education and these people i i was gonna call them a not nice name, but i <laughs> pulled it back and Remember? they come in and they're forcing these miners who you know work crazy hours for almost no pay to give up the goods that ticks me off so much. And it's to fund the war in Russia. What yeah. the? Okay. Now, you know, and I'll what? be really honest right now. What? before we, we continue mm -hmm. on to this. Because you, you said something very profound. You said, how can these people sleep at night? And you personally know the trouble I've had sleeping in stuff that I did. Yeah. It, in the past. It definitely affected you to your core to the point where you weren't even the same person whenever. Right. It was that was a tough period in our in our family life. You know, it affected everybody. It affected you. And then you didn't want to tell us what was going on. So we hadn't. Well, I mean, obviously, you're not going to tell our children what's going on, but you wouldn't even tell me what was going on. And you didn't even tell me until you got this job that was removed from what you used to yep. do you know so well, okay maybe there are some people with a conscience working there and they have no choice but at the same time get out of there like Kervin did go somewhere else but i please doubt it i doubt it they're probably happy to be funding their country's war i guess that is one douchey way to fund the war so <laughs> What is the narrative from the Wagner Group? I want to know how they freaking justify this. Well, I do, and I'm sure the McManus family appreciates you not using colorful language oh, in that whatever. explanation of the Wagner Group. Oh, I thought um, about it. I almost said, you know what? It's time for Wendy to close her ears. 
because I'm about to say some really sparkly things. I like that term, sparkly. Sparkly. Well, now she's not going to close her ears. So let's let's get. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, um, Yevgeny Prigozhin, uh, who's a Russian tycoon that backs the Wagner Group. I bet he does. A, ta- a Russian well, tycoon? That doesn't sound like war funding. That sounds like he's lining his pocket. Sorry. Well, it gets even better. No, it's not better. It's not better. Yeah, well, what's another word? It's simpler. So he claims mm-hmm. uh, that Diemville is actually owned by Emmanuel Macron. Shut up. Of 60 Minutes. Um, and he owns it via a front man that is racketeering and uh, is conducted by special NATO units called SDFA. First of all, I need to process who he claims that owns this. And if that's the case, hold on, I'm trying to whoosh. Trying to Wusa. calm down. Um, I, I, I didn't know this stuff. But what is the SDFA? Oh, this is awesome! It is steel diamonds from Africa. Is that real? Is that really? Yep. What are you serious? Yep. Well, all I have to say about that is it sounds like a joke, and he should be ashamed of himself, honestly. And this should be out in the press because that is if you're hurting someone or you know exploiting taking advantage of you know economical issues in a country okay i'm very disadvantaged mad. country Disadva- that. yeah very disadvantaged country that uh okay oh i'm trying to like compose myself it's not going very well but i'm trying to compose myself Steel diamonds for Africa. That's literally what he came up with. Not even subtle. Not even a little bit. He made an acronym out of it. I don't uh, know. Okay. So every nation on this planet keeps trying to take advantage of the resources in Africa. 100%. And I think you're on to something there because yeah. it's not just this guy oh, in Russia. Oh, I I know, baby. Let's call them out. The U.S. does it. Yeah. The U.K. Yep. France. Yes. All of you guys. Yep. You're not innocent in this. And if I'm not calling you out, I'll tell you somebody who will call you out. It's going to be Tiana. And you do not want that. Trust me. Um, yeah. Now, they're like, oh, I'm so scared of this mom. I'm so scared of her. She's so scary. I'll tell you this. Moms control this world. Well, um. Some moms that need is, to get their sons in line. Okay? That's true. If I was Putin's mom. I don't want to, like, bring up what that actress was saying whenever Putin. Yeah. That's, I wish I was your mother. I wish I could hold you. And I don't wish I could hold you and hug you. I wish I could beat your ass. That's what I wish I could do. Right. All right, Wendy. Close your ears. Oh, sorry, Wendy. Clean language. Oh, my gosh. All right. I am um, well. I just want to tell Marianne that I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll let Josh know. Mm-hmm. Okay, that just ticked me off. Um, all right. So, like I was talking about all the other countries, uh, but also let's not forget that the Wagner Group is trying to deflect mm-hmm. on all this so they can keep funding Putin's war in Ukraine. So, do you think it might be a lie that it's um that other that guy? Um, that it's steel diamonds from Emma, Africa. Emma Macron. Do you think? Do you think they're just trying to de- deflect and 
But is there? Oh yeah. But is there anything to back it up? Where's the proof? Did they show any proof that it's him uh, who owns no, the company, the shell company? Not. I mean, no one has except for Bellingcat. Bellingcat is a, an open source intelligence agency mm-hmm. that is exclusively trying to push back against disinformation from Russia. Um, they're the ones that you are going to want to go to their website. Well, the and need see. to put that in there too. Yep. Need, That'll go in the show notes. Yeah, you need to put that. You need to put Cole's Substack in there. Just reminding you. Definitely. Just reminding you. That's well, why I love you. Well, we will continue to call all of these jerk faces out. So yep. let's move to Peru, where one of the wildest stories of the week has come out. Um, talk a little bit about what happened there and why it's important. Yeah, so we had probably a month's worth, maybe even a year's worth of news yeah. in a single day. Yeah, it was a crazy day. Within three hours, yeah, uh, President Pedro Castillo oh, went from decreeing the dissolution of Peru's Congress mm-hmm. to being replaced by his vice president, oh, you- who is the first female president of Peru now. I think... The Congress wasn't too happy that they were being dissolved. Do you think that may have played into it? What is going? What's going on there? Well, and he also got arrested. But let me answer your question, okay? Um, because I do think that we always need to look at this through a historical lens. Um, so from the start, Castillo's presidency seemed destined to be short lived. Mm -hmm. He. uh, when he took office, he had very low level of support. Um, he doesn't have a political party. We know in America that's you can't even do anything without that. Correct. Um, he had a hard time putting together a government cabinet. Um, the ones that he put together changed constantly. And understand how he came to power if he had no support, no political party, and no ability to put together a cabinet. That doesn't make sense to me at all. Because the people actually spoke and they didn't have an entire government system telling them not to vote for a certain person because he wasn't a political candidate. Uh, So they did vote him into power. It's just that the government wasn't backing him, like the actual government that was in place. Exactly. And and he is, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly, the fourth it, president it, within he, the it, year. Also, but if he is wrong, please let us know if there's anyone from Peru. Let us know. Please. Because we if you sure. I, I am a- asking these questions off the cuff. And so sometimes he has to kind of <laughs> he has to think of it immediately and, you know, search his memory. And nobody's memory is perfect. So please let us and, know if and, we're wrong. I do thank you, Tiana, because I, I will say if you are in Peru right now and you have an opinion on this, we would love to hear it. Absolutely. And you will hear it on the podcast if you send yeah. it over. Yeah, we'd love it. And we, you would get proper credit as well. Yes. We, we can't do this without a lot of you guys because you guys send us information and questions all the time. Uh, this is going off on a tangent. And- and I also respect the voices of the people in the various places more so than the media presenting it out. Yeah. Uh, you got to talk to the people. We're the ones being friggin' dictated over or ruled over or, you know, it, you know what I'm trying Let's to say. Let's take it back. I, yeah. Take it back. Oh, my God. Um, so. no, 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 it's not that. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. So, like I was saying, um, over the last few years, I think they have 
there have been something like four presidents installed in Peru. Okay. Um, but in just over one year as president, Castillo um, survived two congressional votes to oust him, uh-huh. fronted six criminal investigations. Uh, those investigations were uh, into acquisi- accusations ranging from influence peddling, um, which is just trying to gain influence within the country. Which isn't that to- what every politician does? And this next one, too, that he's being accused of. Plagiarism? Plag- plagiarism. You know it. We have our own president that's been accused of plagiarism. Well, I think to some degree, everyone has a little bit. Everyone's running out of, yeah. running out of- well, wasn't that a Selena Gomez song? Oh my god! Don't Every... no, we can't we cannot we cannot quote oh, Selena sh- Gomez. We've already twice brought up somebody else's copyright. Yeah, abort, abort, abort. <laughs> so uh, let's let's keep moving on. Okay, um, Selena, if you want to come on, please. You have an I'm... open invitation. But what is? She... I mean, she's great and all, but what is she going to contribute? Another know. civilian, Music. another civilian lens to look through. Yeah. The rich uh, yes. civilian lens, because I we aren't rich. <laughs> Some good advertisements. Oh yeah. Um, now, like I said, all that he and I survived those votes to oust him. Um, Castillo says he's not had a single minute of truce mm-hmm. since taking office, um, and he actually blames it on Peru's political elite wanting him gone. Well. That sounds an awful lot like what America discussed for four years from 2016 to 2020. Very good parallel there. Donald Trump had a political party. (laughs) Well, yes, he was backed by a political party. Um, And his political party was reality show star. That's what it was. Because I wouldn't say RSS. Yeah, I don't think he really aligned with... Well, I mean, I guess all of our parties are becoming really polarized. They're yeah. dividing farther and farther apart. But yeah, I would say that his political party is reality yeah. the reality show party. But a lot of that does parallel Donald okay, Trump. Okay, well, yeah, explain. Um, now, the twist of it is that Castillo is a leftist party member. Um, mm-hmm. And he also comes from humble beginnings. Now, you can't say that about Trump on either yeah, side. Yeah, he got money from his daddy. Yeah. But what I will say that like? your point. It's just kidding. I mean, let's be honest. We, we're all we're from humble beginnings as well, you know? We're all friends here. Yeah, we're all friends here from humble beginnings. We're having a good time. Having a, dude! <laughs> YouTube is going to hate this one. Um, we're sorry, now, YouTube. We'll Actually, say all not. that, but we're not sorry. No, we're not. Um, like Trump, though, mm-hmm. he was an outsider, mm-hmm. um, and the government did not like that he was an outsider, mm-hmm. and they wanted him out. Now, my opinion is that he kind of misstepped by trying to dissolve the entire government. Yeah, that is kind of wild that he thought he could just come in there and just abolish everything. And then try to install a state of emergency. Yeah, which we give him. Well, yeah, that's going to give him unfettered power within the Peruvian government. That sounds like something Donald Trump would have done if he could have, for sure. For sure. He wanted unfettered power, for sure. Yep. Okay, so. Me if we're wrong. <laughs> uh, nobody needs to at you. You're not going to get any ads from that because. Oh. No. So why is this so important on a global scale? 
So I think it's important, and maybe people will disagree with me, but I think it's important because I think South America is going to play an important role in a global conflict. Mm -hmm. So the leaders of South American governments like Peru, Colombia, Brazil, Venezuela, all those, they're going to decide how their countries align during these this these global skirmishes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, right now, there's been a shift in South America to align with China. Now, that alignment with China is going to mean aligning with Russia, Iran, and North Korea. Mm-hmm. But this recent action in Peru could show us that those governments are willing to change course. Now, as we tend to say on this podcast, only time will tell. Maybe they'll also start housing the Nazis in Germany again. Let's see if we can talk about that story. Okay, I'm gonna. All right, I'm just I'm just like I'm, I'm covering my face with my sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Is it? I know it's a little soon to be saying that, but things are kind of scary right now. <laughs> so let's definitely get into this repeat of history before we talk about history's mysteries. Can you explain what is going on in Germany right now? And also, why haven't you consulted Uncle Dave yet? Because that's a good question. You know, we need to do that. Okay. So anyways. Yeah, I know. Ask the first. Um, I mean, answer the first. Sorry. Dave, reach out. Let's talk. See what you're seeing. I I will message him and ask him. No, I know you will. I will. I will (laughs) message him and be like, hey, what's going on over there, buddy? So... I will tell you what we know in the news, and then maybe next week, if Dave gives us some more information he will. on the ground, he will. Um, we'll have something different. But this week, German police conducted nationwide, nationwide in Germany, mm-hmm. raid and arrested 25 people suspected of belonging to a far-right uh, terrorist cell. Um, investigators believe that some of them were plotting to overthrow the government. And you mentioned to me this week that this is very reminiscent of what happened in Germany in the 1930s. So can you elaborate on that for our listeners? Yeah. um, So I'll say, according to what the prosecutors have talked about, they said that the group was inspired by the deep deep state conspiracy theories of Germans of Germany's Reichsburger, which uh, translates to citizens of the Reich. Mm hmm. And they do not recognize modern-day Germany as oh a legitimate my. state. It's just, I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, no, not a lot of people do. Um, mm-hmm. Now, some of them are devoted to the German Empire under monarchy. Okay. Some are adherents of Nazi ideals. Mm-hmm. And others believe both either of those things, but they also believe that Germany is under military occupation right now. Um, now, this plot... Uh, envision that a former member of the German royal family, they've identified him as um, Enrique Thirteenth. that he is the leader um, of the state of Germany, while Rudiger Charles Ernest Demo Aldi of Saxony would be the head of the military arm with the aim of building a new German army. Um, well, the fact that Nazi propaganda is returning to society does not sit well with hopefully any human being with a conscience um during each global war of the early 1900s germany and russia were enemies so will this still be the case um i will say that it's going to take a full history lesson to be truly informational on this um 
But as of right now, both possible German leaders are actually looking for support from Russia. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a change from World War One and Two. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, well I'm saying that like I just well, I'm uh, speaking at you. So yeah, I started spacing out and thinking you were just talking to me. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I know that part. I have a yeah, lot of books. The, I've read a lot idiot. of books. I know that. Sorry. I wasn't trying to It's a little be peek like inside that. the conversations we have together. It's also a peek inside of what happens when I space out. <laughs> yeah. So Jeez. what I'm gonna say is that yes, history repeats itself mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it doesn't truly align with what happened in the past. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say this. If I find accounts that are doing a good job of breaking down this event historically, um, I'm going to post it for everyone. It's probably not going to be in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, on our Instagram, Instagram page. Yeah. Do that. And, uh, and if you are an account that does this kind of stuff, reach out to us so I can post these kind of things for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also want to say we're not glossing over this story. It's mm-hmm. it's at first it's incredibly frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, the fact that Nazis are back our, in multiple our gran- countries. Our grandfathers fought against this. You know? Personally, yes, both. Yeah, yeah. Your grandfather was in Pearl Harbor. I mean, my grandfather did a lot with planes pilot. and stuff. Yeah, he was. Oh, well, it was mainly my uncle who flew a lot of um, bombing missions over Europe. My grandpa um, actually got detained. I think he was detained by the FBI. I mean, I'm saying I think, so don't quote me on that. But he wanted to go. He did so well correcting um, an issue with a plane that they actually kept him stateside, which was something that bothered him. He wanted to go overseas but he could he was so good at building the plane i think he did go overseas like a couple times but he wasn't allowed on the front line or anything do you know anyone that knows that story in your family because i'd love to put that as a part of history's mysteries i i need to i need to ask my uncle um i need to reach out to my uncle and see because you know obviously i can't ask anyone else i might be able to ask okay never mind this is a conversation for another day yeah, so I I just did that because um, I've heard really the story a couple story. times. Yeah, he got in trouble. Well, not in trouble. They yeah. thought that he was a spy because he shouldn't yeah. have known how to work the plane. But really, he was just really smart. And I'm like, Grandpa, why didn't you give me some of that intelligence? I just wanted and to as do somebody- math. I just wanted to be able to do math. <laughs> as, as someone who's been detained in their own country for being a spy... Oh, yeah, that was go, a fun 48 hours. For you. Yeah, that was a fun 48 hours. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Mm. A year mm. of not being able to travel. A year? It was like the first six or seven years of our marriage. I couldn't go anywhere because the TSA was always searching my stuff and breaking things and dumping our baby's formula all over the inside, opening my shampoo, dumping that. It happened so many times, every time. That, yep. It was so rude. It was so rude. I mean, I get trying to be safe. I get it. But I mean, I was a little, I was just a little, little lady trying to go to Louisiana to visit my family with babies. Okay. On the next <laughs> History's Mysteries. On but... the next History's Mysteries, let's discuss why Tiana's luggage was messed up every time she flew. 
the first seven years of her marriage. It'll be like Maury Povich. We're like, oh, and joining us today is the TSA agent that did it. I would like to have a word with that person. All the people. All the persons. All right. I'm sorry. That went off on a tangent again. So the world is changing daily. And there is so much to still talk about. But what is your advice for people listening? So um, I'm going to say that, uh, you know, a lot of people and even my myself, you get disillusioned with looking at the news and reading the news. But I, I want to say yeah. continue following the news. Um, and if you just get your news from us, continue to follow. But validate that what we're saying is correct and also not just cr- because... Yeah. Also correct us if you find yep. things that um, diverge from what we're saying. One hundred percent. We we, we just all learn. Read. Yep, you are exactly right. Um, I appreciate that, Tiana. Yeah, uh, we all read tons of articles, tons of news articles. Mm-hmm. We're bombarded with this, with that, um, and a lot of the times we read, we only click on the headlines that will align with our worldview, mm-hmm. or it dates a bias of ours mm-hmm. but they may not be rooted in fact i'm not saying they're all not rooted in fact but some may not be um if you're reading something you know we talked about the putin story earlier about falling down the stairs and that kind of stuff <laughs> if it seems too good to be true or it yeah, seems that's, that's the story you use to say if it seems too good to be true putin falling down the stairs and pooping himself don't we want that story to be true as Americans? Come on. Well, I'm sure the Ukrainians wish that's true, too. Yeah. Um, so if it does seem too good to be true, and I guess that's just lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Uh, let, you, do the research and validate it. Or, honestly, you can send it to me. And, and I'll, I'm not going to tell you how to think, but I might be able to, to put out some different opinions on the topic. And then you can formulate an opinion yourself yeah. if you want to do that. Yeah. Now that's if, if I can find them. If I can't, if I do find that what you're reading is actual fact, I will send that to you. Yeah. Um, and, and I really enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing the analysis piece. That's why we do this podcast. Uh, we're not making any money. I, I hope you guys <laughs> a lucrative gig here. Yeah. It, it's because I think it's important. I think and we both think be- this is, and we've become disillusioned with the actual news that's always pushing yes. some sort of agenda one way or the other. And like we've said a billion times before, we do voice our own opinions, but we do try to caveat it <laughs> with something yeah. else, you know, with it being our opinion. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Well, at the very least, that. But yeah, but if you have those things, send it our way. We'll get back in touch. Yeah, we'd lo- we'd like to hear about it. Anybody from any of these countries, because guess what? In case you guys forgot, we have listeners from 44 countries. So I know some of them are the countries that we discuss. So yep. please talk to us. We'd, lo- we'd love to hear it. Definitely. Anyways, let's get to history's mysteries that is either disgusting or not disgusting by what Kervin said at the beginning. It is. Uh, yeah, so since we just got finished talking about Nazis in Germany again, let's go with another global war story. Mm, okay. Ready for that? Sounds good. Hit me with it. All right. So um, this week we're going to discuss Operation Mincemeat, Blech. which was 
later described by his... <laughs> Sorry, mincemeat grosses me out. I've had, I've had it a few times and it's just weird. There's like beef yeah, to it tossed in some liquored up nut. Basically mm. what mincemeat is. It's it's beef suet and chopped up nuts. It, I know this is going off in a tangent. No, I like the liquored up nuts. The liquored up um, nuts. Now, Michael, uh, historian Michael Howard described it as uh, perhaps the most successful single deception operation of the entire war. I think the inflatable tanks were, but okay, continue. <laughs> well, we'll see if you'll change your mind here. I doubt you ready? it. Just, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so um, I guess it's, it's important to say we're, we are talking about World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we're specifically following the um, Allies' successful North Africa campaign. So okay. after North the Allies' North Africa campaign um, in Morocco, places, countries like that. So Winston Churchill, the prime minister of of the UK at the time, was determined. Uh, sorry. sorry. Don't be sorry. That was awesome. I don't um, know what made me think I needed to say it. Just reminded me of Zoolander. We need to stop. Stop okay. quoting everything. <laughs> sorry. Well, uh, Churchill was determined to attack what he described as Europe's soft underbelly. That soft underbelly was the Italian island of Sicily. And how did he plan to do that? So first, Churchill knew that in order to get to Sicily, there would need to be a deception campaign as Hitler would see the invasion from miles away. So the Brits devised a plan. A British submarine. Yes. Well, it's just a deception mission. Okay. It's a a deception operation. Um, Okay. And this was their plan. Okay. A British submarine would surface off the coast of Spain near the port of Huelva, and it would carry a sealed conta- a sealed canister containing the body of a deceased officer. There you go. There's that. I see the face now of disgust. Okay. Attached to his belt would be a briefcase containing a letter that, were it to fall in the wrong hands, would reveal the Allies' plans for an imminent invasion of the Balkans. So, I just snorted again. Um, So, who was the officer? All right. It wasn't a dead British officer at all. So, they dressed him up. It was the man who never was. Okay. This was a homeless drifter called Glyndwer Michael, um, and the letter his corpse carried was an elaborate fake. They just okay. I I'm trying to process this. It's not working so well. So continue, please. Okay. So Operation yeah. Mincemeat was first floated as an idea back in 1939 by Ian Fleming. Okay. Our listeners should know who Ian Fleming is. We talk about him a lot in History's Mysteries. Um, yeah. He's the man that would later gain worldwide fame as the creator of James Bond. So. Ian Fleming was asked to come up with a series of deception schemes at the start of the war, and one of his ideas was dropping a dead body loaded with fake documents behind enemy lines. I mean, it's smart. Maybe not the most moral deception campaign, but nothing ever is, I guess. Yeah, what is morality anyway? (laughs) Is this a philosophy podcast now? (laughs) No, yeah, I guess we shouldn't go down that rabbit hole. But yeah. um, how did they get a deceased body? Uh, please don't tell me they ended up killing the guy to use his body. Okay, I won't tell you that. Okay. 
But as the story goes, um, his body was actually found slumped in a disused warehouse near King's Cross Station in London. Been there. Um, yep. Now, tests okay. revealed he had consumed bread laced with rat poison. Now, that was really common back then. Gosh. I know. What? It was common back then. Well, there were no regulations. It's London. Poor right. people. Boys. Yeah. Um, also, now, we don't know if that was... Well, something else those people should be ashamed of if they did that on yeah. purpose. Shame on them. Okay. And we don't That's know enough. if it was intentional or maybe he got it out of the trash can and there was... That you know, just still makes, me, that still makes me so sad, though. doesn't matter. He was now, friggin' hungry. Two, day, two days after, mm-hmm. uh, after they found him, Mm-hmm. He succumbed to internal injuries, and he died at the age of 34. This is depressing. So after the UK government found out that Michael had no friends or family, they knew they had their right. So the the body was dressed in a uniform of the Royal Marines, an officer of the Moro- of the Royal Marines. At least they made him um, fancy. Yeah, uh, and and he did good. So maybe his soul sees that. And feels like I don't, think his, I don't think it's his soul that's at issue here. I think it's the people who are like, hey, this like this man oh. who has no family or friends, they're the ones who have to sleep at night. No, oh, those those souls are screwed. Now, okay, what they did was to... they uh, lined his pockets and wallet with like pocket litter. Mm-hmm. So let me go off on a little bit of a tangent here about what pocket litter is for, mm-hmm. you know, intelligence for, for spies, intelligence agents and stuff like that. So pocket litter is things. So if you have a backstory on who you are, you have to have certain things on your body, on your person. If you're yeah. maybe detained or found that proves that who you are, who you're trying to say that you are. Yeah. So that's what they did. Um, they also had a briefcase containing that letter that we talked about and they attached it to his belt. Yeah. And, um, his body was placed in an airtight canister. It was loaded aboard the submarine, the HMS Saraf, and the boat set sail for Spain. That, then on April 30th, I think it's 19- babe. What did I say? Saraf. Oh, okay. It I think it's not- Seraph too. I don't know why I did that. Could be you the just, wine. You just wanted to flirt. You wanted no. wanted to add a flourish to it. You wanted to make it super well, it is, fancy because it was coming up at Spain, and you yeah. know how yes, you know how that goes. But on April thirtieth of nineteen forty three, uh, his body was dragged aboard a Spanish sardine fisherman's boat. Mm-hmm. Now, as soon as it was in the hands of local Spanish authorities, um, Spain was actually a neutral country at the time. Yeah. So what should have happened was that the documents and personal effects of who they called Major Martin, that was mm-hmm. his name. Yeah. Um, they should have been returned to the British consulate immediately. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they were not. And that's what the Brits wanted. Um, so everything that was found on the body was examined by the Spanish and also by German intelligence. So were the Spanish really neutral? No. No, they weren't. They were not. Um, so... Once everything had been copied by German intelligence, but this stuff, the, uh, I'm sorry, this yep, didn't come out till many years later, right? Right. Okay, right. so they could still maintain their neutrality on paper. Yep. They could. Or, but in 2022, 
we know better. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you know, every I'm sure every country does covert things like that. Yeah, of course. You know. Yeah, you know, personally. I wasn't even talking about me or you. I was just saying I'm sure every country tries to, you know, portray themselves one way while doing something else at some point. Definitely. Yep. You know, the U.S. was caught spying on Germany and France um, recently in the last 10 years. Mm, yeah. I wish I could but, say um, as I said, so all of that was copied. And then after it was copied, you know, to, mm-hmm. to kind of be on, uh, you know, be deceptive themselves. Yeah. They were, the documents were soaked in seawater and then returned to the British consulate. Okay. But here is where the British were actually very smart. They placed a single eyelash inside the envelope. Okay. And it was missing when it was returned. So that clued them in that it was taken. It was proof that the Spanish, at least, had read the letter. That's really wild. Um, That's a very elaborate plan. I never would have thought, I'm going to pluck out an eyelash to see if somebody reads my letter. That That's crazy. But Now I'm going to start doing it. So oh, Yeah, right. <laughs> Did the Germans believe the letters were real, though? Uh, they did. So um, the letter made its way to Berlin, where its contents were actually looked over by Hitler himself. Oh, okay. Now, thanks to that and other deception operations, Hitler had already begun to suspect an Allied attack on the Balkans. So that Operation Mincemeat kind of sealed the deal for Hitler. That yeah. That's what they were going to do. Yeah. Now, the Allies began their attack on Sicily on the 19th of July. So they, that body was recovered the 30th of April. Now we're talking the 19th, the 9th of July in 1943. Yeah. Um, it was, it was actually carried out with a vastly reduced operation. Um, Hitler remained convinced, even as the attack was going on, that the main attack was still to come in the Balkans. Ah. Um, he even sent one of his top generals to Salonika to oversee the defenses in the Balkans. So, of course, there was to be no attack on Greece, no attack on the Balkans. Yeah. And by the time the Axis had realized they'd been fooled, it's too late to do anything about it. That's a fascinating story, and it wasn't as gross as I thought it would be, so shame on you for building that up so much. Actually, I'm glad Uh, it wasn't. I I really, I'm glad that it wasn't super gross. I so I want to know: Is there anything else for this week as we cross oh. the hour mark? I would like to wow. know. Yeah. Well, that well, we said um, in the beginning yeah. we had a lot to talk about, so we did. It's been a wild okay. week, and obviously, that's all we have time for. It's more time than we've t- ever taken. Well, I don't know. I think there there were like two other episodes that we may have crossed the hour mark, but this is a rare occurrence. So congratulations, world, on being such a crappy place. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, as always, if you like this show, please try to tell at least one person about us. We can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. 
If you have a moment, head over to Apple or Spotify Podcasts and give us a five-star review because those can help us get noticed by thousands of podcast listeners globally. And as always, if you would like in-depth coverage of these stories and more, you can head over to our Instagram account while we try to fix our website at Oakland yes. Analytics. Yeah, at Oakland Analytics is our Instagram and then oakwinanalytics.com we've thought really long and hard and we're super creative with all of these names oakwinanalytics.com is our actual website and then we're going to do stealing diamonds from africa that'll be our next website um it'll just be stefanid.com well i think that's probably also trademarked now it might be it might be taken i'll have to look it up Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to say, Tiana, thank you mm-hmm. as always. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for for coming on here and listening to me drone on about all this stuff. And until next week, for everyone, stay safe out there.